the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to episode three of the In Conversation podcast series, Exploring Abusive Relationships. In this episode, we explore the tremendous negative mental and emotional impact witnessing domestic violence can have on children with victims and survivors advocate, Patricia Wharton. Hi, Patricia. Welcome back. Hi, Nigel. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm really good. Looking forward to today's conversation. Indeed. Speaking about conversations, during the last podcast, we were talking about the impact of emotional abuse. And I think we should just mention that, you know, it can have a very, it can have a very detrimental effect on the person at the receiving end. I mean, in terms of they can find it hard to trust other people. They may need reassurance regarding their opinions. They may feel protective of their feelings, to name a few. So emotional abuse is a very dangerous thing in terms of there are no scars or bruises, but it can leave very long-lasting psychological effects. Absolutely, absolutely. It is the thing that you can't actually see, so it's more difficult to actually explain to people that that's what you're going through. Um, It's a very difficult thing to report. And actually, sometimes it's really difficult to understand the person that's actually experiencing the abuse. And so you're quite right. It's psychological, it's deep and long lasting. Next up, we're going to explore the impact or the negative impact that witnessing domestic abuse can have on children. So what can you share on that topic? Actually, that um, our first part of the conversation is quite a good segue into what we're talking about today. Because more often, children experience the emotional impact um, as child witnesses of abuse. There are some children that are physically abused as well, but more often than not, it's the emotional abuse because children who witness domestic abuse suffer emotionally and psychological maltreatment. They, they experience that from seeing or even hearing the ill treatment of another. So they don't always see it, uh, but they'll hear it in the room next door. Uh, now, similar to what we were talking about earlier in terms of the impact of emotional abuse, children often, they tend to have low self-esteem. They experience increased levels of anxiety, They also suffer with depression. Uh, Sometimes they have issues around managing their anger. They're fearful, sometimes aggressive in their play and and sometimes even violent. Uh, Sometimes they become bullies as well. Sometimes the the inability to have empathy for others, such as their peers, because it has been something that they've been so used to witnessing themselves, it's almost normalised for them. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a difficulty for children. Uh, who witness um, who witness abuse. I also understand that children can suffer with uh, bedwetting, nightmares, insomnia. If they're teenagers, they can turn to drug or alcohol abuse. They can have eating disorders. Um, they can have tantrums or they can also withdraw from social contact. So there are a wide range of issues that a child can suffer that has witnessed uh, abuse in a relationship. Absolutely. There are some children who um, regress, so they might not have been bedwetting, but they start to bedwet. There are also children, though, who become very high achievers. They do very well at school. They're very attentive. And that really, I think, uh, Nigel, is to do with the fact that they're constantly trying to please. And so they're, they're probably at home trying to do the right thing because sometimes they hold themselves responsible for the abuse. So a child at school who's doing exceptionally well, can sometimes be missed as a child that's experiencing abuse because I guess the more obvious one 
would be a child that is regressive or being aggressive in their behaviour, in their play, or not succeeding well at school. But sometimes it's at the complete extreme end of being very, very high achievers and very successful. Interestingly, I was reading some research recently regarding brain imaging on infants and the research showed that exposure to domestic violence even if a child is sleeping or in the utero can reduce parts of the brain of the baby it can also change its overall structure it affects the way the brain circuits work together i was also reading research that showed where mothers were subjected to violence during pregnancy the child was three times more likely to have inflammation in their bodies inflammation causes a higher risk of poor health and a far greater likelihood of depression um often uh women who are in abusive relationships um when they become pregnant the perpetrator often directs the physical attacks around the abdomen and so this of course is going to impact the welfare of the unborn baby women have miscarried as a result of this there are some instances where the perpetrator didn't want the woman to become pregnant and so they have tried to attack the woman in this particular area uh, hoping to get rid of the baby so that the woman will miscarry so a perpetrator will attack a woman to try and abort the child. Yeah, there's been cases that I've worked with where this has been been the case. So are there any criminal consequences for that type of behaviour? Well, well, there, ha- there was an incident recently where uh, a father and friend had tried to uh, attack a woman. In fact, they did carry out the attack and the baby was aborted. They would then be charged with murder of, of the unborn. Overall, a child living in a home where domestic abuse is prevalent it can have a serious impact on the children. There's no two ways about that. And I think it's important to highlight that, you know, a child who has witnessed abuse, that they can reach out and get support. And I think it's important that, you know, if a child does seek advice or support in that type of situation, it's our responsibility as adults to to listen carefully to what they've got to say. Absolutely is. And also, uh, we spoke, I think, in the last episode about safety planning for a woman leaving a relationship. Uh, It's important to work with a child that discloses uh, domestic abuse, to work with them about a safety plan, about about how they can keep themselves safe, you know, make sure that they know what to do if they're worried about a situation. Do they know the number to call? Do they know their address? If they are calling 999, do they know their address fully? Do they have a safe adult that they can go to? Do they have someone they can talk to? Are they able to find a place in the home to keep themselves safe if an incident is occurring at the time? So yeah, so so we need to speak to them about keeping themselves safe as well but whilst we're talking about a child reporting domestic abuse if we can imagine that adults don't always have a full understanding of what's going on it's then even more difficult for a child what we also need to consider though a household and child is living where there is abuse is that there are some barriers for mothers reporting um, abuse often a woman is worried that she will be seen as an unfit mother she's worried that her children will be taken into care Uh, The perpetrator may have threatened that she'll be deported, for example, or that the children will remain with him. If they've got issues with language barrier, it's difficult for them to explain exactly what's going on. They also fear that the abusive partner will become more abusive. They're frightened of death to themselves or death of the children. There, There are also cases, Nigel, where 
parents are separated, but children have died through contact, the perpetrator. They've gone to spend the weekend and there's been a death um, of the child whilst the child has been with, with the perpetrator. So there are children that are killed uh, during, during contact by the, by the perpetrator. And you will find that there was a history of abuse in, in those relationships. But, but also, we're talking about impacts of domestic abuse on children as children. But it's also a great opportunity to look at the long-term effects of child witnesses of abuse because they go on to be adolescents. Uh, they go on to be adults. And children who witness abuse are often likely to become involved in abusive relationships themselves anyway. Children tend to copy behaviour of the parents. There's, that's the modelling that, that they see. Boys may learn from their fathers that that's how you treat a woman, and so they might be uh, violent to, to their partners. Um, children, however, that said, they don't always repeat the same patterns when they grow up. Often children don't like what they've seen, and so they try really hard uh, to not make the same mistakes as they witnessed as, as children. So children find it difficult to go on to be adolescents and adults and have safe, meaningful uh, relationships. Well, I'm one of those, as a child, I witnessed domestic abuse, and thankfully I worked out very quickly it was very wrong, but it did have an impact on me in terms of my adult life and how I viewed certain situations. But from what I've read in terms of the research, um, yes, children are likely to model the behaviour that they witness. And it's more likely a boy will grow into a man who is likely to be an abuser. Uh, conversely, um, a girl who's grown into an adult is more likely to confuse abuse with love. So they may be more inclined to get involved with abusers. So there are various negative impacts on a child uh, witnessing abuse from a variety of angles. Yeah, abs absolutely. And, and also it's, it's managing, you know, we, we touched briefly on, you know, the impact, you know, the bedwetting, the, the temper tantrums. You know, they also might suffer with um, separating from the abusive parent because we spoke earlier about how children who are abused sometimes go to the abuser for, for comfort. And we, we touched on that in a previous conversation. Well, yes, that all circles around traumatic bonding and Stockholm syndrome, as it's sometimes called. Post-traumatic stress disorder. And this can present itself in nightmares, flashbacks. Uh, they can be very jumpy, have headache, experience physical pain. And this is how it will present itself in children of, of, of all ages. Yeah, and it can affect their behaviour at school because of their frightening experience at home. Children sometimes, some older children sometimes truant because they're worried about having left their mum at home that morning if there was an occurrence of abuse before they left the home. So sometimes they don't want to leave and don't want to go to school. And so they'll return home. They might leave, but then they'll return home saying they're unwell and unable to go to school. But really it's about wanting to protect, to protect the, uh, the parent that is experiencing the abuse. Well, that was certainly my experience when I was growing up. Um, I was very concerned with what I was seeing and obviously I wanted to protect my mother. So not to say that I truanted, but it was a factor of my experience when I was growing up, especially being the oldest child. Yeah, so children have a sense of responsibility as they get older and often boys in particular want to protect their mums. Girls are said sometimes to um, be a bit quieter in their 
uh, response to to what you know what they've witnessed. Uh, they do become anxious. They do become depressed. But sometimes it results in self harming. They often suffer with anxiety and. Depression. The other thing I think we need to look at is parental alienation, where one parent tries to turn the child against the other parent, because that in itself is a form of abuse. So when people talk about parental alienation, it refers to the psychological manipulation of a child. Often the parent doing the manipulating, obviously toxic, often has some type of personality disorder. And basically, the toxic parent will weaponize the child or children against the other parent. The toxic parent may encourage the child or children to challenge or break any rules of the home that the other parent has set. They may blame the other parent for any problems in the home or relationship. They may bribe the child or children with, you know, iPhones or presents or trips to take sides with them against the other parent. And they will often encourage the child to lack love or empathy for the other parent. And they may also provide fake praise for the child, again, to encourage that child to take sides with them in any type of dispute. That type of abuse against children happens as well, where a toxic parent uses a child to undermine the other parent, even to hate the other parent in some instances. And staying with an abuser in any situation where their children involved means putting that child or children at serious risk of emotional harm and even physical abuse. And and we were talking about emotional abuse, the emotional impact and psychological impact on that child having to find a place of loyalty is huge because we spoke about the fact that even when the child is being abused by somebody, they may still have a bond with that individual. So the psychological trauma of trying to work out who, you know, the good cop, bad cop weighs heavy on a young child having to play the person that goes in between these two two adults. That was certainly my experience growing up. In the domestic violence situation, what I witnessed was my father was the perpetrator. And I looked at it in the sense that I was the one who always had to comfort my mother after an incident. I was the one who always had to wipe the blood from her nose, etc. But I wasn't privy to what had happened prior to me witnessing the incident. But that can be seen as provocation. Mm. And then that person suddenly swipes back at the other person. You can say, I've been provoked for years. And so I retaliate that that has happened in cases before. I think a woman set her husband alight and they said it was first to be murder she premeditated she served some time and then she was released because um they were saying actually he'd abused her for all, all of these of these years if you are a child or teenager who is witnessing domestic abuse you can call childline 0800 that's 0800 or visit the website childline.org.uk that's the website, childline.org.uk. The free phone, 24-hour National Domestic Abuse Helpline, 0808-200-0247. That's 0808-200-0247. Have you ever experienced a relationship nightmare? Come and share your story on a In Conversations podcast. You do not have to use your real name and your story might really help someone escape an abusive relationship. Please contact me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Search for Nigel Beckles. Thank you.
thank you for listening. Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe.